Welcome to Global Dispatches. This is your host, Mark Leon Goldberg. So, wow, after 50 plus years, the USA and Cuba are going to normalize relations. Now, unless you're living under a rock, you probably heard this news. And you might have also heard about the unique role that the Vatican played in helping to broker this deal. I think it's even fair to say that this deal might not have happened if not for the intervention of Pope Francis. So this got me curious to learn a little bit more about the role of the Vatican in high diplomacy. So I reached out to Father Thomas Rees of the National Catholic Reporter, uh, who first walks me through the Vatican's specific role in the deal with Cuba, but then have a longer conversation about the really robust diplomatic core that the Vatican has built up over the centuries. So this is a fascinating conversation. You'll learn not only some interesting details about the Pope's role in brokering the Cuba-USA deal, but also about the larger role of the Vatican in international relations. So here he is, Father Thomas Rees, who is a senior analyst at the National Catholic Reporter. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. It all started when uh, Secretary uh, John Kerry visited the Vatican last January. And when he met with the uh, uh, Secretary of State, he asked for the Vatican's help in working uh, back channels with Cuba to see about getting uh, Alan Gross uh, released from prison. And then when when, uh, uh, President Obama visited uh, the Vatican in March, he uh, repeated uh, this request. So uh, what the Pope did is he put his diplomatic professionals to work, uh, you know, working the back channels, talking to the Cubans. And then uh, he wrote a letter to both uh, the president of Cuba and the president of the United States, urging them to resolve uh, the uh, the issue of uh, Alan Gross, but also uh, some other prisoners uh, that were both in Cuba and in the United States. And then finally, uh, when things were all lined up, there was a meeting hosted uh, by the Vatican uh, in the Vatican. Uh, between officials of the U.S. government and the Cuban government, which uh, hammered out uh, the uh, uh, the deal uh, in October. And uh, uh, so now it's just been finally announced. So I guess what's remarkable to me is that, um, you know, it's not that the Vatican just used their good offices to host the meeting. Uh, you know, the senior administration officials on a conference call with reporters earlier, you know, said that Canada, you know, basically get gave them space and gave them a room. But in the Vatican, you know, the Vatican officials were active participants in the meeting. Um, yeah. Uh, do you know sort of how they participated and what how that was manifest? Uh, 
Well, one of the reasons uh, people use the Vatican is it doesn't leak. <laughs> it doesn't talk. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't want the headlines. It doesn't want uh, the uh, to uh, upstage uh, the people that it's helping. So you're not going to find out from the Vatican exactly what they did. But clearly the Vatican was involved here, encouraging both sides to cooperate, to work together, uh, to look for areas of compromise and agreement. And uh, I think ultimately it was something that both sides wanted to do, uh, and the Vatican, I think, uh, gave them the opportunity and also some political cover uh, to do it. Um, you referenced uh, something I hadn't heard before. You referenced diplomatic professionals a- in the Vatican. Uh, who are these diplomatic professionals? And sort of well, yes. Uh, well, uh, the uh, the Vatican, uh, you know, the Pope has had diplomats uh, before there were nation states. Going all the way back to uh, diplomatic uh, representatives that he would send to the emperor in Constantinople. So the uh, uh, before there were nation states, the uh, the uh, Vatican, the whole, the Pope has been involved in diplomacy, uh, and uh, that the the Pope has diplomatic relations with almost every country in the world. Uh, except for China and Vietnam, and Vietnam's probably going to get uh, established diplomatic relations sometime next year. But the uh, uh, so uh, the uh, the Vatican has embassies in uh, each of these countries. It has an ambassador uh, who's called a nuncio uh, in each country, and then these countries also have ambassadors uh, to uh, the Vatican uh, in Rome. So the United States, for example, has an embassy in Rome uh, and has diplomatic uh, relations with the Holy See. So in order to staff these uh, these embassies, the Vatican actually has a whole diplomatic corps. Uh, and uh, it has a... Uh, these are all priests, and they have a three-year program, uh, you know, of training for them in diplomatic skills, uh, diplomatic history and law, international law, uh, you know, how to write reports, uh, etc. Uh, and uh, after those three years, they're sent off to these embassies. And much like you know, in the American uh, diplomatic service, they'll serve for you know six years in one country, then be moved to another country, and uh, uh, all over the world. So that's those. That's an instrument that the, a rather unique instrument that the Pope has uh, that he can use in uh, you know working uh, for peace around the world. Um, now, are there other examples of sort of the Pope using not necessarily this Pope, but popes in the past using these instruments for such a dramatic outcome, like we saw with the, the U.S. Cuba deal? Well. Uh, there have been, uh, for example, when uh, uh, Chile and Argentina were going to go to war uh, over some islands uh, down near uh, the Antarctica, uh, the Pope negotiated uh, a deal and uh, with the you know and kept the two countries from from going to war. Uh, there have been other uh, uh, events. I mean, for example, the Pope. Uh, uh, as recently as uh, uh, as just a few years ago, a couple of years ago, uh, 
uh, led a uh, effort to keep uh, the United States from bombing Syria, uh, called for uh, a time of prayer and fasting, uh, and was very strong uh, in opposing uh, the uh, uh, the uh, uh, bombing of Syria, and in fact uh, uh, wrote to President Putin, who I think was uh, chair of the G8 at that time, and uh, uh, went right before they were meeting, uh, talking about uh, uh, hoping that this kind of uh, escalation would not take place. So, uh, popes have been active here. Um, I think the uh, po- this is not the first time the pope- popes have been active in uh, between Cuba and the United States. Uh, John the Twenty Third was also involved here. Uh, I think back at the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis. So, uh, uh, popes have have tried to use their diplomatic authority and their uh, their uh, their position to do this. Sometimes, of course, they've been very unsuccessful. For example, Pope Pius XII was hoping to mediate an end uh, to the Second World War, and uh, uh, Pope uh, Pope Benedict, at the time of the First World War, was also uh, uh, trying to do that. Um, so, uh, but they do have this this opportunity, and, and of course, it also gives them a bully pulpit to speak from. For example, the uh, uh, the Pope has a special representative to the United Nations, uh, a nuncio. There, he's he's not a voting member of the Assembly, uh, but he has diplomatic status there and speaks on issues of justice and peace, uh, human rights. Uh, uh, Human trafficking, uh, occasionally uh, reproductive the, health as well. Yes, yes, uh, all sorts I've, of different things yeah. that uh, uh, that uh, the uh, no, I've, I've, uh, I've witnessed that myself. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, following the you know the, the Holy See uh, as it's known in UN circles uh, is uh, you know has a very important place and and is in the room in, in these uh, important debates. If not, they're not necessarily yes. a voting member, but but they certainly hold a lot of influence. Uh, yeah. And I want to. It seems to me that, like the root of that influence. Uh, or at least my impression is the root of that influence comes from the fact that there are you know Catholics all around the world, particularly Latin America and, and uh, Africa and, and Europe, um, and, and like sort of the Pope holds sort of his power is derived from this mass population. But what what strikes me is that uh, the power that you're describing was you know derived from this very high touch, um, very elite sort of diplomacy. Um, that was not rooted in the fact that he commands like a massive billion audience, which is that that's what makes it just kind of so interesting uh, for me as like an observer of international relations. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a it's a unique institution, the De- the Vatican diplomatic uh, service, uh, that's highly professional, uh, very focused on on you know a narrow agenda. I mean, they're they're not doing trade negotiations or military treaties or uh, all of those kinds of things. They're really focused on pure diplomacy, uh, trying to uh, uh, bring countries together. Uh, of course, they're very concerned about religious liberty issues and human rights uh, and uh, protecting the Church uh, in places all over the world. But, you know, it's... Uh, and I think because of their independence, because of their... Uh, you know, they, they don't have the same kind of vested interests that nation states do. They're they're really looking for the common good of uh, of the whole world uh, in bringing about peace. Uh, 
that I think people, uh, even you know, diplomatic uh, professionals that I have talked to, have great respect for uh, their expertise and their training and their uh, uh, their focus. Um, can you uh, talk a little bit about how this uh, moment, this momentous, you know, achievement uh, and the role that that the Pope played in it, uh, plays into the kind of uh, papacy that Pope Francis seems to be building for himself? Like, how does this event sort of fit into the larger story of Pope Francis and where you think he's taking the Church? Sure. Uh, well, clearly, uh, I mean, this is a Pope who wants to build bridges between people. Uh, I mean, that's what the name Pontiff means. It's bridge builder, uh, you know, and he's doing that between Cuba and the United States. He's trying to do that between Israel and Palestine uh, when he visited the Holy Land. Uh, he's, you know, he's. This is a priority for him: is his peace and justice. And and he really he realized, you know, he, you know, of course, uh, his great concern for poor people and the marginalized and. And, you know, when we think of the millions of people who become refugees because of wars around the world, I mean, the poor suffer more than anybody else in these wars. And so uh, uh, this is a, a concern close to his heart of doing whatever can be done to, uh, uh, to limit violence, uh, bring wars to, a, to an end, uh, so that people can get back to living their lives and... Uh, supporting their families and uh, building up their communities. I guess, I mean, that seems to be like the um, the goal of, of presumably every pope. What makes Francis uh, so different here? Well, I think uh, the, the, it's interesting. Uh, you know, he had absolutely no background in diplomacy when he became uh, pope. I mean, it's, like it's, the, it's similar to a U.S. governor becoming president. Uh, zero diplomatic or international experience, you know, this archbishop from Buenos Aires. But he, had a nat- he has a natural talent for it. Uh, but, we, you know, we have had popes like Paul VI and John XXIII who spent their entire lives as diplomats before they were elected pope. But he has, uh, he has unique thing. I think his personality, the fact that uh, he is so popular, uh, he's so highly respected, that leaders around the world, you know, uh, want to work with him, and I think are afraid to say no to him. Um, and finally, I think, uh, frankly, you know, in the United States, where, you know, establishing diplomatic relations uh, with Cuba is a controversial issue, especially in Cuba, or, excuse me, in uh, Florida, among the Cuban uh, exiles there, that having the Pope in your corner uh, supporting you is his great cover, um, political cover for uh, for president. So, all of those things I think help him uh, in uh, in doing this. And of course, finally, you know, he is from Latin America. So, as a Latin American, he's familiar with the the issues in the Western Hemisphere, the role that Cuba has played here and the need to uh, regularize uh, its status in the Western Hemisphere. Um, I, I guess just to, to wrap up, so, you know, the, the Pope played this very important role in a hugely momentous international relations uh, policy issue, right? You know, ending this, this five-decade-long, you know, from my perspective, a policy mistake. But what do you... I, I, do, do you see... Um, 
the Pope using the momentum from this moment to uh, try to move forward with any other, you know, big diplomatic log jams or issues that are out there? I guess, what do you expect uh, his next move to be? Well, that's hard to say. I mean, clearly he's very concerned about what's happening in the Holy Land, uh, concerned about uh, uh, the killings, the sectarian killing between Sunnis and Shiites, uh, and the persecution of Christians there who are being caught in the middle of all these wars, uh, the great exodus of Christians from the Middle East has been a concern of the Vatican for uh, uh, the last couple of decades. Uh, there, you know, and so uh, this has been a priority. Uh, whether he can accomplish anything there or not is is up in the air. But I think you know one of the things he's always concerned about is is the needs of the local church. For example, you know, in this whole Cuban uh, business, you know, he's he's he is supporting the position of the Cuban bishops in uh, uh, who want uh, uh, diplomatic relations between Cuba and the United States and who want an end to the embargo. Uh, you know, we're not there yet. We're talking about diplomatic relations, but the embargo, which I agree with you, is a terrible mistake because it hurts people much more than it hurts a regime. Uh, you know, the Cuban bishops have called for an end to that embargo, as have the U.S. bishops. So uh, this, is, this is still something that needs to be done. But I think, you know, this success may, may uh, encourage other nations, other leaders, uh, to come to the Pope and uh, use his office and... Uh, uh, and the Vatican diplomats as uh, go-betweens, as facilitators uh, in uh, peace building, and this would uh, uh, this would be tremendous. Uh, well, Father Reese, thank you so much for your time. Certainly. Well, thank you all for listening. That was profoundly interesting to me, and I trust it was interesting to you as well. A big thank you to Father Reese for making himself available at such short notice. Uh, remember, you can catch all the episodes of Global Dispatches at globaldispatchespodcast.com. I post a shorter interview like this on something topical with someone who knows what they're talking about uh, every Thursday. And every Monday, I post longer interviews with foreign policy thought leaders and luminaries who tell me their life story and uh, the ideas and influences and events that shape their worldview from an early age. Their archives are robust, so please check them out at globaldispatchespodcast.com, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye.